<laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Dr. Travis Batts, what's your revolution? My revolution basically works in accordance through th- with that. Through building you up, whether you have disease, whether you don't, whether you're looking to get better, whether you don't, whether you're looking to enhance your physical performance, we focus on, you ready for this? Did you take your meds? M-E-D-S-S-S. Now, you say, Dr. Betts, what does med stand for? You got to hang out and listen to the rest of the show. I'm not going to give you that jewel just yet. You got to hang out because he going to say some things. I I got my pen and paper ready. Hopefully, y'all do too. Here we go. Here we go. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution with themselves. How people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. What's good, Revolutionaries? How are you? Let me ask that question to you, Revolutionaries. How are you? How are you making your way in the world? What are you doing for your life? What are you doing for your community? What are you doing for this country? What are you doing for someone in another country who might need you? Because that's where we are. We are revolutionary. You listen to this show each week, each time to find something about you that is going to make you better. And I say this each week, revolutionaries, your revolution is not for you. It is not just for you. So make sure that you're going out into the world and that you are watering, that you're pouring into someone else. That's what I want you to do, right? As you think about this question and then you and then you answer it, like you figure out like, oh, I got my answer. I got my revolution. And then you go about fulfilling it. You go about doing it every day. Make sure that you're telling your story of revolution and transformation to someone else. Make sure that you're going out into the world and you're showing folks how you are transforming, how you are revolutionizing yourself and your communities and this country and ultimately this world. And you know that we are here with you. I am here with you. My team is here with you. And the cadre of revolutionaries that listen to and watch this show, they are with you. I do this show, as I said, all the time right? To illuminate the things that are going on in my world that I think are important for the rest of the world. And one of those things that we'll be talking about over the course of a series of conversations is, is, is our health, our overall health. And you know that I talk about my father and mother and so much, right, on this show and celebrating. Let me just say that. Let me pull back for one second. My parents celebrated their 57th wedding anniversary this week. Can you imagine that? Right. No, I can't imagine. Right. I'm 57. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, but imagining being married to the love of your life for 57 years. Right. And in the twilight of their lives, they are taking care of each other. More so my mother is taking care of my father. But on birthdays and Christmas and times, they sing together. They love on each other. And one of the wonderful things that I love about them is that when they're apart, my mother comes home and she says she walks in the door and she says, you And my father, right, he would most likely be asleep, but he perks up. He perks up revolutionaries and he says, yoo-hoo. And that's their, right, that's their call to each other. That's their way of letting each other, I see you, I hear you, I'm with you. Can you imagine that? 57 years and they still have a way of communicating with each other that shows love and reverence. So shout out to my parents and my first revolutionaries, the people that I love so much. 
But interestingly, watching them as a child grow up, right? And watching my father, right? The man that has been the beacon of masculinity you know, as a part of my life. I've watched him as a, as a, four, as a 14 year old go through and have an aneurysm. I almost lost him at 14. So heart health and, and longevity are important to me. As you know, I've talked at length about his Alzheimer's, right? So I want to make sure, revolutionaries, that you have the opportunity, right, to listen and hear from some revolutionary people in the medical field as we start this series of conversations about what it means to have cognitive longevity, heart health longevity, to live a long, fruitful life, because that's important to me. I almost lost my father at 14 because of an aneurysm. And he's had heart problems since he was a child. So I began to think, as I say this all the time, I began to think about, I began to think about who do I want to have this conversation with about heart health, right? How do we transform our diets? How do we live a longer and prosperous life? And I talked to my boy, right? Board certified EP cardiologist, Dr. Elijah Beatty, right? And I was like, yo, who do you know? Because I know you, you're not coming on the show. He was like, I got somebody for you. I got somebody. He's like, I got somebody that's much better than me, right? Much better than me. And he, and so I began to do my research. I began to look into this brother who you get to see, right? Dr. Travis Batts. And so I, I, I just wanted this. And revolutionaries, you know, I usually don't read bios, right? Usually I just say, you know, Dr. Travis Batts, welcome to the show. But look, this brother needs an introduction. Right. This brother. So I'm going to go to his website for a second and, and just read just read something. Dr. Travis Batts has practiced medicine for greater than 10 years. Right. Greater than 10 years. He is a board certified cardiac specialist with a focus on disease prevention, nutrition, fitness optimization and cardiovascular screening. He currently serves as the chairman of medical subspecialties and medical director of the cardiology, cardiology clinic at Wilford Hall Ambulatory Surgical Center. He is an associate professor of cardiovascular medicine for the Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences and adjunct assistant professor at Texas A&M University College of Medicines. Dr. Batts is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology and serves on the National Nutritional Working Group, right? I want to make sure, I want to make sure before I bring this brother on, you know who I'm talking to and you know who I'm talking with when it comes to this, because oftentimes when we think about cardiologists, we're going to see some white dude, right? <laughs> no. So Dr. Travis Batts, my dude, right? My new friend, because I'm always talking about my old friend. Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. What's good, my brother? How are you? Oh, I am elated, happy to be here. And and I feel good knowing that I have been embraced into the friend zone, right? That's the friend zone. I've been, you know, I've been digitally watching every show, like, okay, who oh a CEO, this they just got a book. Okay, I'm I'm I wanna be a friend zone. I wanna be a dude. So so I'm in there right now. I'm in there. I feel I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You in there. You are in there. You have made it. Look, you've made If you remember, uh, what was that movie? Meet the Fockers. You are in the cone of, you are in the, you are in the cone of trust. Right. Now, the the cone of trust. There we go. You're in there. Now. You You're go. In. You're definitely. So look, dear brother, I'm going to get it out of the way because I look, I know this conversation is going to be fire, but Dr. Travis Betts, what's your revolution? Oh, again, as you said, and again, first off, thank you for uh, establishing this platform. Thank you for having the vision. And I know this, you know, the 
five year anniversary show. And, and I'm going to plug all the shows I've watched because I've watched a lot of them. If you haven't watched that show, it's like the Cliff Notes version. But when you hear it, you're going to want to go back to all the shows. And what it what this platform does, it allows you the ability to create a better version of yourself. Mm, all right. So my revolution basically works in accordance through th- with that through building you up, whether you have disease, whether you don't, whether you're looking to get better, whether you don't, whether you're looking to enhance your physical performance, we focus on, you ready for this? Did you take your meds? M-E-D-S-S-S. Now, you say, Dr. Bass, what does med stand for? You got to hang out and listen to the rest of the show. I'm not going <laughs> to give you that jewel just yet. You got to hang out because he going to say some things. I, I got my pen and paper ready. Man, Hopefully, y'all here we do. go. Here, here we, we go, go, brother. So you remember, look, so, so I love that. <laughs> look, I love that you gave him a little teaser. You got to stay. You got to stay for the end of the show. Man, revolutionaries, you're going to get you're going to get this fire. Right. Thinking about this. Right. So understand this. I brought this brother on the show, not just because he's a board certified world renowned cardiologist. This brother has a wonderful story. So, Dr. Batts, who are you? Right. Who is Dr. Travis Batts? Tell me a little bit about your story and how you got to this space. Okay. well, thank you. So I am a country North Carolina boy. Right. I grew up in a military town. Right. Good old. And so I got to see the value of fitness. Right. My dad was active duty military, you know, push ups, sit ups every day. Um, And for me, I came around at the back end of his career. And, And so with military, you have to understand that there are times when you have a group of people around you, when you change friends every two to three years and you learn how to meld in different cultures and different societies. We ended our career, and I say we because it was a familial relationship with the military and travel in North Carolina. And so that means I was exposed to the good old Southern diet. In doing so, the the risk of the Southern diet uh, certainly uh, impacted my family, uh, mm-hmm. both immediate and distant. I got to see it in my community. And growing up, I realized that although the food tastes great, I knew it was doing something, even at that young age. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about my dad. He has uh, unfortunately passed, but he had right. a saying, and this wouldn't go over well in, in our culture now, but he had a saying that there are no fat boys in my house. And at the time, I was a little overweight, a little obese. And my dad said, no, this ain't going to happen. And so he forced me to run. He forced me to train. He forced me to play football. He forced me to do all these things. And before I knew it, he created his own revolution because after that, I was mm-hmm. playing football. I was, you know, a high school American in track. And then that kind of springboarded me into, you know, basically allowing sports to be um, my segue in because um, as, as my friend has said, you know, we don't get to see cardiologist every day. We don't get to see doctors. I, I think the first, you know, the first book I read about medicine was Gifted Hands, right? Mm, but, you know, wow. and that was my mom saying, I want you to be a neurosurgeon. I'm like, mom, I want you can be a neurosurgeon. And so she planted that seed. And then as you progress in time, you know, and, and, and moving forward, you start to see it becoming more real. But I didn't, I, I hadn't seen an African-American cardiologist. I didn't see, um, you know, kind of all of those things, but I knew I wanted to go to college and I wanted to do those things. Um, so for me, th- that path was through sports. And so I went to college on a track scholarship, got there, um, University of Kansas. It was great. Got a degree in biochemistry. And that was where I really fell in love with how um, kind of the chemical aspects of things 
we put in our body, whether natural or unnatural, affect both our performance, our attitude, our impact hits the transition um, to some degree into medicine. Now, I did try biochemistry for a little while. I thought it, I thought it'd be a cool thing to say. At you know, be honest. I thought it'd be cool to say at parties. I'm a biochemist, right? I'm but a biochemist. I'm like, a biochemist. Sounds cool, right? Right. But the application of it in terms of the research part. You know, I really didn't get the interaction with people that I wanted. Then I tried marketing. I, I worked for a pharmaceutical company for a little while. And then they said, well, you're good at talking. Why don't you do sales? Love sales. But then I didn't feel like I really made that connection with how I wanted it to impact my community. Hence the reason I went back to the athletic department and said, hey, look, I want to do medicine. And they said, OK. I said, well, put me in some classes to do medicine. It's like, you know, Travis, it doesn't work that way. You, you got to go to medical school. Like, OK, well, sign me up. They're like, it doesn't work that way. You got to so the <laughs> university. I didn't know. Right. Because I didn't know anybody that did it. And so now, you know, one of the most the happiest things that I have is on Facebook. I'll get people say, OK, my son wants to be a doctor. How do I do that? And these are people that don't know me. And I, I outline and I say, call me, reach out, do these things so I can tell them that the pathway is real. You can get there. And there are some hurdles. Don't get me wrong. But again, if you are determined and dedicated to make that move, it, it will definitely happen. Fast forward, um, medical school, met up with our mutual friend, Eli Beatty. And you know, despite having 600 students, they were five African-American males and we stuck together. We, we created a, a family on that campus, kind of grew. Um, we went our separate ways, not, you know, necessarily just just do geographically. But we continued to push, continued to look at ways we could impact our community. And I settled, I won't say settled, but uh, cardiology was the uh, probably <laughs> the best entry point. I didn't want to, you know, because again, don't get me wrong. I love my job. I, I, I love it. I would, I don't say I would do it for free anymore, but my wife used to, used to get on me when I would say I'd do it for free. But I, again, just the, the ability to have a pathway for lifelong learning, to learn something new every day. Every patient provides a new opportunity. I mean, it is... It is moving. I mean, and that's why when I talk to people about STEM, science, technology, engineering and math, and I push cardiology and I see that little flicker in, in that, you know, six year old's eye, that eight year old's eye, that 22 year old that that just got out of college and doesn't know. And I talk about how cardiology, I give a lecture to uh, elementary school students where they ask me, well, what does a cardiologist do? I said, yeah. you want to know the honest, honest truth about what I do every day? I play video games, watch TV and talk to people. They were like, what? I said, what? that's what you do. That's what you do as a cardiologist. I do 3D reconstructive modeling where I can take a digital image of your heart, slice away things that I want and pull out, let's say, a valve and show it in 3D and spin it around. A video wow. game. Imagine trying to land a catheter that's half a centimeter in, in diameter into a vessel that's four centimeters. And all you're using is the space of two fingers. I know you all can't see, but just imagine. And all you're doing is watching the screen. And once you're in, you shoot, you can see that blocked artery. Imagine talking to patients who don't really have an engagement with their own health and bringing them to a place where they'll they'll leave out of that office and they'll look and say, Dr. Benz, I'm going to shoot for 10,000 steps. I'm going to shoot for 12,000 steps. I mean, it is immediate gratification that you can. I know I'm talking too much. I told you, no, you bro, asked me about no, no. cardiology. I, I, no, I there we go. That's, 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 that's exactly what we I'm want. No, 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 no. You no, no, That was the me. Look, what I what I love, right? What, what, I, what I love is that and I want to give a shout out to my good family friend, Dr. Nora Tolbert, right, who is on her way, who's on her way, who's doing her fellowship at Chapel Hill right now. Yeah, okay. doing her fellowship, right, her cardiology fellowship at Chapel Hill. But to think about the excitement and enjoyment that you just sh showed us about your passion, 
right? Thinking about that, right? And then training that, uh, allowing young kids to say, wait, this is what you do? This I I, I can be a cardiologist, right? And like, and, and you said, I, I, I fell into cardiology. You don't fall into cardiology, <laughs> brother. I just want you to know, right? That is a conscious, conscious decision to, to, to move into this space where you have the ability to shift people's lives, right? Save their lives, right? Our heart, our heart is our heart and brains are the most important organs of our body, arguably, right? Our heart, if our heart stops beating, well, that's it, right? right? Our brain stops working. That's it. You know, any of the organ, but we think about this, right? And your ability to say, I want to, as a child, if we move back to this entire story, Travis, right? Your father, even though, right, tough, no fat boys in the house, right? He was planting seeds early right. on, right? right. And, and thinking about that. And you think about the influence of, right, the influence of those those folks in our lives. And and, and Rashid Thomas talks on the show, you, you've heard about those choice points, right? You had choice points down the road to say, I'm, I can either go back and be Travis or I can go back and be Dr. Bats or move towards Dr. Bats. And what, is, what does that look like, brother? So it, it's so interesting to think about cardiology, right, as the, as this mechanism of training, right, the future generations of cardiologists, but also saving the lives of older generations, even younger generations that need to understand what it means around cardiac, cardiac health, heart health, and why it's so important, right? Why that's so important. So let, let, let's do a deep dive. Let, let's go win, revolutionaries, right? Let, let's think about this, right? This show is for men and the people who love them. But let's talk about black men, right? And heart health. My understanding is is, is, is cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes are some of the leading causes of death in our communities and particularly cardiac car, cardiovascular disease. Talk about that, right? How did we get to this place where cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes of death for our community, for black men? So great question. And again, this is where I, I shift into kind of kind of Dr. Bats mode, because this is where the rubber hits the road. So since we've been talking, we've been talking about 15, 17 minutes. Right. How about this? Get, wrap your head around this. And I'm going to pause every 36 seconds, every 36 sessions, someone dies from cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. Since we've been talking, almost 40 people have died. Period. And when you think about that, understand that African-Americans, African-American males are 30 percent more likely to die from heart disease than their white counterparts, period. Put a period right there. When you look at hypertension, more likely to have hypertension, more likely 60 percent more likely to have hypertension that is uncontrolled. Right. And so when we when we start to add these things, because I tell people it's not a one hit phenomenon, it is the underlying genetic predisposition. Right. And there's this uh, and I won't get too deep, but uh, there is a, uh, a doctor out of and his name escapes me out of Baltimore that I was talking to him about how difficult it is to manage hypertension in our community. And he said, well, understand that hypertension is to some degree or some discussions an effect of the middle passage, because when mm -hmm. you think about yeah. being, you know, uh, deprived of water for so long, it's those people that can navigate sodium and salt over that and that could survive in those temperatures that now we, we have the ability to have water and sodium and those type things. And so it's this subselected uh, population that we think that might be what's one of the drivers. But when we look at that one piece, right, that doesn't have to be your outcome. 
And it's through changing those behavioral norms that unfortunately have been some ingrained, but in many cases, shifting that paradigm to a place where you can say, okay, that's not going to be my reality. I'm going to look at this because I tell my patients, it's not, you know, they'll come in and they say, well, it's, I'm going to date myself. It's my Levi's. And I, and I'll tell them that they'll be like, what's that? I said, that means your genes, right? Your genes have something to do with it. You got You like your Levi's. Hold on. You, it's your Levi's, right? So your genes have something to do with it. But then there are other contributing factors that we call modified risk factors. You can't do anything about your parents, but you can do something about the choices you make in the grocery store, the choices you make to walk that extra block or park a little bit farther, getting enough sleep, you know, building yourself around positive things, reducing the impact of, you know, risky substances, whether that be, you know, tobacco abuse, alcohol abuse, or anything like you have the ability to change those things. And so that's really where I meet people because by the time people see me and I'm trying to change this mindset in the primary care sense. Because by the time they get to me and they already have the diagnosis of heart disease, it's it's not impossible. I have seen it reversed. And we'll talk about that a little later when we talk about a, a plant-based diet. But I have seen it reversed, but that is more the exception than the rule. And so my goal is to catch that six-year-old or to catch mm. that eight-year-old as they start to make decisions and the shift from what we call primary prevention. And so, and again, so we, we in cardiology, in the preventive space, we used to only think about prevention in three tiers, right? Primary prevention means you identify somebody with risk factors, whether that be high blood pressure, family history, these type things, right? You identify risk factors. Secondary prevention means you've already had an event and we're trying to reduce short, intermediate, and long-term sequelae, right? Right. You've had your heart attack and now we're trying to decrease your risk of having a secondary tertiary prevention means we're kind of on the back end. You've had recurrent events and now we're trying to mitigate symptoms for your long term overall benefit. But one place that we don't speak a lot is about primordial prevention. Mm. And what primordial prevention is, is before you have the risk factors. Right. If I know you come from a family where everybody has diabetes, why not have a conversation with that six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old about making healthier choices about what sugars to eat and how to navigate their diet in that way before they end up falling into that genetic spiral? And I think in our community, there's this construct of, well, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. How it's we always don't understand. Been. Right. We can change that mindset. Right. And, and again, I won't delve too much into COVID unless you but but COVID highlighted, especially yeah, in New Orleans, where we it. looked at um, this whole risk versus race. Right. There's a nicely articulated article that um, from Oshner Clinic down in uh, New Orleans where they talk about um, if you took every all comers that came in and you normalized for uh, socioeconomic status, risk factors, how are their outcomes in the context of COVID? Because we know that African-Americans are two and a half times more uh, likely to be hospitalized, four times more likely to die, five times more likely to be in the ICU. But if you normalize for all those modifiable risk factors, guess what? The outcomes were the same. What? Exactly. And those are the things that we have the ability to change and impact, right? And so that's why for me, um, you know, we talk about purpose and uh, there was one of your guests that talks about if you can accomplish your purchase alone, it's too small. Well, I can't do this Dr. by Anthony, myself. Dr. Anthony Perdue. Perdue. That's it. Yep. That's, that's right. It. Dr. Right. Anthony Perdue. You know, Doc, you know, it's interesting to think as, as I hear as I hear you talking about, right, that 
if, if we're if we're trying to be proactive with our health, right, and and what we're putting in our body and how we're taking care of ourselves, right? I, I kept look, you know, I kept thinking like I, I grew up, I drank a gallon of milk a day of mm. dairy milk, right? You know, and and and, and brother uh, brother Turnip Vegan was you know on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, we're the only we're the only animal that drinks another animal's milk for sustenance, right, right. Can you imagine, right, for sustenance, right? right. That's full of cholesterol. That's full of uh, uh, factors that are going to inflame your body. You got it. Right. Every day, infl- you know, and my mother is dealing with a debilitating arthritis. And a couple mm. of days ago, doc, she just, was, I mean, her arthritis was just flared up. And I was like, oh. what did you eat the day before? She had eaten a taco salad full of cheese, full of dairy, yeah. right? Cheese, mm. whipped cream, all the things. And so for days after this, she was in like debilitating pain. Wow. And so thinking about like, think definitely thinking about that. Like, what do we put it? Like, what do we put in our bodies? But I, I love that conversation that we've got to move it back. Right. Right. We've got to move it back. Right. But let me ask this question before, because I'm, ha- you know, it's a hard thing to move out of the generational diet. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The generational diet of of, of bacon and fried chicken and oh. yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> bacon and, and and fried chicken and and you know the um, candied yams instead of just the sweet potato souffle. Right, right. right? The, the the things the generational diet like what, what the turkey smothered in gravy. Right. Oh, okay. See. Right. And so. Before we even get to the next step, like, how do we even change the mindset? I don't even want to talk about the food per se. <laughs> how do we, because trying to get right an, an 81 year old and a 93 year old to think about their diet to try to create even more longevity, like to squeeze out just a little bit more of their longevity, I'm having a hard time. How do I shift the mindset right there, right? You know, for them. Well, and, and that's a great comment. And that, that question with the, 80-year-old folks, the 60-year-old folks, the 40-year-old folks, the 20, that's an ongoing discussion. Mm. Now, in medicine, there's a concept that we use, and I didn't coin it, but it's called therapeutic inertia. It means that when a patient comes in and you tell them the good things to do and you do this over and over and you don't see a change, there's a reluctance as a provider to continue to tell them because you, you say it's a losing battle. I would challenge that notion and saying, maybe it's not that you're telling them, maybe it's how you're presenting what you're saying. Mm. Right. And so for mm. me, I usually frame it in a way where I don't, I give my patients. So, so my introduction or my road to, and, and if you all don't know, I am plant-based, right? So I'm, I'm vegan, but my, my wife isn't, she's what I like to affectionately call a flexitarian, right? If I cook a good <laughs> vegan dish, she flexible. She's going to be vegan at night, but at the, but, but otherwise, but where I move my patients is a, is a place to understand something that another guest talked about is that your relationship to food or what you put in your body should be similar to that as sex, right? There's a certain intimacy mm-hmm. with what you put into your body and, and knowing where it came from, how it was produced, you know, what's in it. And so now that converse, you say, how am I going to have that conversation with, you know, my 80 old parents? No, you, you start them um, just like most of my patients. I mean, I live in Texas, right? And so big meat, big fried, big, every, you know, it's Texas, big everything, everything, big everything. Big everything. Right. And so the entry point is to say, okay, 
we don't have to get rid of everything. Let's make a move. for. Let's think about what we're eating first. Right. And so let's think about. And, and one way I do it, my, I say, show me your medicines. And typically they're on something to affect thinning their blood out, something mm-hmm. for cholesterol, something to affect their sugar. I said, OK, you like taking all these medicines? And invariably the answer is going to be no. I said, no. great. Cost, I, too, I agree. cost too much. Right. Cost too much. The right? side effects they, are too great. See, Right. And so then I say, well, this medicine is for your cholesterol. You know what? You know, the only place you get, the only place you truly get cholesterol, they say, where? I said, well, your liver makes about 1%. It makes what you need. But do you know the only other place? And they say, where? I said, from the food you eat, from animal products. So assuming that we can reduce that consumption to some degree, maybe three months from now, when we go for follow-up, if your numbers look good, let's look at backing down. And so for them, it incentivizes that dietary change. Now, because it's, unfortunately, this can't be done for me in one visit. I usually have the discussion. We talk about various things. I make sure the heart's doing okay. And then I know we got, then then I know we have time, right? Because if I'm coming in and you, you, you got a heart attack or you have heart failure, you have that, I got to fix that first before we can have this conversation about enhancing your lifestyle. And it sounds like you, you're doing a lot of that with your parents. I'm trying, I remember I'm trying. Episode, you, you talked about your, your uh, father picked up the, the, the wrong hamburger and he ate <laughs> he it. Did. That's and, right. And, that, right? Yeah. Man, you've been listening, bro. You, I, you did a deep dive. You you think I when I say you know and I, I'm gonna get he back. He did his to homework, know. revolutionary. He did, he did his homework. I'm coming on the I'm coming on the What's Your Revolution show. I didn't even know what's up. I, this is not gonna fool me. But right there, you you created an opportunity which I know you took advantage of. You said, "Well, mm-hmm. well Dad, you realize?" He said, "Well, it was good. I don't." And and for me, that's what I. So like this week, my wife wanted, and like I said, she's a flex. She wanted shrimp. So I say, great, honey, I'll make you some shrimp, but I'm going to make me some fried shiitake mushrooms. Yes. I breaded them the same. My drudge was the same. My seasoning was the same. So I let her taste the mushroom, just asking, did she like the flavor? Because I hadn't done it. And so she ate it and she said, mm, that was good. But, you know, it doesn't have enough salt. I said, well, baby, it's, it's a mushroom. It's, it's not going to have that salt. Said, oh, I thought it was shrimp so so again it's you know and then you know i I, my my son wanted chicken salad i made chickpea chicken salad so it's ways to get the same flavors and do the same things and introduce but i think first you have to find a common place and for me i don't like people on meds right that's why the double entendre is did you take your meds right but i don't like people on meds most patients don't like to be on meds and so we look at ways through lifestyle to reduce your reliance on medications particularly in individuals um older than 70 75 years old because we know the risk of medication interaction medication adverse effects goes up almost exponentially at that point Mm. so that's how i use that to, to navigate that space to create the conversation because it's you know when we look at getting rid of a behavior or a habit right it is where first you have to ask right then you have to you have to ask hey do you want to change and then most people say yes you know we'll see right the next thing you have to do is assess the likelihood that that yes is truly a yes because it doesn't make sense for you to invest all this energy and that yes isn't really a yes then you need to advise on the best way to go about making that change right then you need to assess the likelihood that that can be continued and then finally arrange follow-up so those are the five A's to changing that yeah, behavioral paradigm. Yeah. yeah. So that that's how you go. That's how I go about it. And again, you can say, well, man, how long is your clinic appointment? So <laughs> it, it's, it's not only me. Right. So so some of that 
takes place uh, at my technician level. Some takes place at the nurse teaching level. And then we have a nurse give them a call. Hey, we know Dr. Bass can say a lot of things and do a lot of things at that encounter. <laughs> We're making sure you're good. They say yes. And then at follow up. And then we give them some handouts as well to just kind of help visualize a lot of that. Um, but that that's how we do that assessment moving forward. And and I don't overload them with, with too many changes. You know, it, it typically takes 21 days to change a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll usually, interestingly, I'll give them two targets. And when, when we talk about men, I'll keep putting it off. You see, we, this is I'm, where men comes in. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for I know, it. I know. I'm coming for it. What I hear in this is, is, is it's, it's about communication. It's about, you know, slowly moving into the space of right. moving more vegetables, moving more things that are going to be beneficial to lower your, lower your cholesterol. Uh, to lower your uh, sugar levels, to lower things, your salt levels. I want to touch base real quickly because what I realized is that I am a salt sensitive hypertensive. And so there, um, and so I, 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 I've noticed how my body retains salt and, 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 and then my blood pressure spikes as a, as a, as a genetic hereditary trait. And so mom has high blood pressure. Dad has high blood pressure. They've been on medication for ever. Uh, I've been on meds for about five years now. Um, take an angiotensin uh, receptor two blocker, right? Okay, okay. You know, no, look, no, my meds, right? No, my I'm meds. I'm glad you know your meds. Yeah, okay. no, look, no, my meds, right? You, you know, say, I, I, I take the blue one. I take the pink. I take mine is pink, dog. You didn't yeah. give me that. You gave me the med name. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I also needed something that was going to protect my kidneys and also not drain me of I drain me of my uh, electrolytes because I run, right? I, I run right. athletic like you, run triathlons. So having a hydrochlorothiazide, you know, that was going to debilitate my potassium and other nutrients, I was like, that's that's a work for me. So this protects my kidneys. So there's a little masterclass on what type of drugs, uh, <laughs> what type of drugs. <laughs> but but moving forward and, and moving slower into the space of having the conversation and saying these are the things that. I might want you to try that might lower your cholesterol, lower the number of pills that you got to take. Because I don't, Doc, want to be taking 13 or 14 pills in in my 70s or 80s. And uh, and the irony is that my father was on 14 pills a day at one point in time. Can you imagine? Three blood pressure pills, right? Cholesterol, heart pill, you know, uh, heart pills. Like he was just on. And that, that was the norm. Like we've gotten used to revolutionaries thinking that the number of pills we can medicate our way. That's the thing I want to say that we can medicate our way out of the situation. Right. Instead of thinking about how food, right. And our lifestyle changes. Right. I, I don't know how much of us think it because I think we are, we are a quick fix, right. Give me a pill to fix this. Mm-hmm. Well, it took revolutionaries a long time for you to get to this point in your life. Right. It took a, a period of time. It took a successive period of time. You making decisions, right? Those choice points, as Rashid talks about, you made the choice, right, to eat this way, to play this way, or to not play this way, to engage this way, or to not engage this way. And then here you are taking 14, 15, 16 medications per day. My dad was my dad was a chain smoker until I was 14, where he had a uh, bleeding ulcer. <clears throat> He stopped smoking the next day. I never, at least I never saw him smoke again, revolutionaries. But thinking about those, those choice points, right? What are we doing now that is going to allow us to have heart and cognitive longevity? So you heard him say, and if if you're watching this revolutionaries, you see the book in his background, right? 
right? The, the, right. It, it says plant-based solutions, plant-based simple, plant-based yeah, something, right? Go ahead and pick up. Plant-based plant-based athlete. I need that book, right? Yeah, plant-based, so. right? So I'm trying to read but plant-based athlete. Which all uh, almost right twenty years ago would seem like an oxymoron because no mm-hmm. athlete is plant based, right? No, right. I wanna I want to tear open a I want to tear open a deer and just eat out its guts, right? <laughs> Get all of the protein. I I, I just want like just just cut off the the side like the the, the ribeye <laughs> of the cow, and I'm gonna uh, yeah, right, right, I want it I want it still bleeding, right? Gracious. Yeah, exactly. You, you went primal right there. You went, you went exactly. true primal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm William Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's who I am. Free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, all of that. Um, but we're more, we're hearing more about this conversation about what it means to be plant-based. And I know you talk about plant forward, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I give I want to give a shout out to Todd Anderson, aka known, you know, also known as Turnip Vegan. Vegan chef, one of the most prolific, right, black vegan chefs in the country. And th- this brother's story, I can't wait for you to hear. It's gonna come out. To, it's gonna come out right before your show comes out, Doc. But to hear him talk about the reasons why he went vegan, right? Wow. Why he went vegan, and, and the story. If you haven't heard, he a bachelor party in Vegas came home and felt like crap. And and that was the turning point. Like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. What do I have to do? For me is I don't want to end up, I love my father, I love my mother, but I want to be active. I want to have a long, long active life. And so the research, and I'll you talk about this, the research on going plant-based or plant-forward, where you're moving more plants into your life and you're eating more plants, right? Is significant to your heart health. Let's jump into that, right? Because you got that book, Plant Based Athlete. What are the benefits of going plant based, right? right. So, Let's talk about this. So, what this are the benefits is, of moving yeah. your diet into this space? And for me, and, and again, I'll tell you real briefly about my plant based transition, right? Please. So, um, I was nine or 10 and in North Carolina, uh, they allow you to see how meat is processed. Once I saw that, went to another camp and, and you know where I'm going. So uh, beef and pork were off my list at nine and 10. So wow. you can imagine how challenging that was. I went home and told my parents and, you know, any more words that Kevin Hart, my dad said, uh, you're going to learn today. So, but I did, I, I was, <laughs> I learned that, Hey, I, I'm not going to do that. As I progressed again, chicken, turkey, fish was the staple, got to college, things changed. And, and again, being an athlete, I had to lean up. And so I largely transitioned to turkey occasionally and fish. So so more of a pescatarian diet, got to medical school, transitioned again uh, and stayed really um, kind of navigating fish. As I got to um, uh, residency and fellowship, you know, I was talking with a patient and interestingly, uh, this patient was a documented original Tuskegee Airman. And I'm telling oh, him about, wow. yeah, so, the, you know, oh, I, so I'm active duty military. I'm a colonel. But, you know, at that time, I was just coming up in the ranks and I'm talking to him and I'm telling him all these benefits of plant based diet. And he said, well, well, doc, that's great. How do you like it? And I said, I'm not plant based. He said, well, how are you going to tell me something that you're not even trying? So at that point, I thought about it. I said, well, how am I going to sell a product that I don't even know how it works? Mm. And so that's when I transitioned. And so for the past six and a half, seven years, I've been totally plant-based. Wow. And so 
we um, I had the so I'm on the American College of Cardiology National Nutritional Working Group as part of the Prevention Council, and we uh, basically uh, constructed an article. It was called "The Benefits of Plant-Based Nutrition for the Endurance Athlete." And so there were five key benefits. One of them you already touched on. It reduces inflammation. Number two, it increases the development of lean muscle mass. Number three, it decreases basically what we call the oxide radicals that are floating around in your body. Number four, it enhances recovery. And number five, it allows for better oxygenation of the tissue. Now, this came out um, largely for endurance athletes. So we always had that question, is there a protein equivalency uh, for our strength athletes, right? Which which would be the category that I would fall into. So if you haven't seen the movie, and again, uh, Game Changers, it speaks to that point, right? It shows some of the strongest people in the world who are completely plant-based, right? So they do have to eat more volume, but when you start to look at how fast they recover, how it reduces the amount of injuries that those individuals have, you spoke to it and said, hey, look, when I eat a heavy sodium load, man, you know, my body tells me. Again, mm -hmm. from a performance standpoint, when that blood viscosity reaches a certain level. Think about, you know, you want your blood to stay fairly thin, fairly, um, you know, laminar so that your flow doesn't have any issues. But when you eat high cholesterol, high foods that have uh, high amounts of glucose and spike your sugar, well, now you've taken that nice laminar thin blood and increased it to where you walking around with 10W40, right? And so wow. think about that Right. Think about that circulating through your body as you're trying to train, as you're trying, as you're just trying to hang out with your kids. And so for me, that's how I usually describe that transition. Right. And it's one of those things. And and again, I'm going I'm to give a plug to another one of the folks that you had on your show where he talked about compound interest. Yeah, it's all those. True. Right. It's all those small things that you do that culminate into either a good outcome or unfortunately a negative outcome. And so that's that's kind of those benefits to a plant based diet in in, in the uh, kind of um, realm of, OK, what do I get from it? Now, I did talk about there's small data sets. Now, I am saying small where we talk about reversal of coronary artery disease. Um, Dr. Dean Arnish, he's a cardiologist who's part of our working group that, that did a study out in California where he took what we call patients with perfusion abnormalities. So one of the ways that we evaluate heart disease is through perfusion tests. Basically, we give you an injection of a um, radioactive isotope. It lights up the heart. Um, and if you can assume the heart in that configuration looks like a donut. Well, everything will be lit up. If you have a blockage, there'll be a dark area. So we took patients that had perfusion abnormalities, treated them with aggressive lifestyle therapy, plant-based diet, and in six months to a year, I think it was 18 months with a study, those areas had recantilated, meaning it either created new arteries or the artery that was already destroyed due to various processes had opened up. This study was reproduced by another doctor that's uh, in our uh, group, Dr. Esselstein, one of the lead premier uh, physicians. He uh, published the China study. His son uh, is another avid physician that talks about this, but they actually did angiographic assessments, meaning they did heart cats where they injected dye into the arteries mm -hmm. and they saw recanalization of vessels that previously were blocked. So they took a patient from bypass to a patient that could run fast, right? Whoa. So <laughs> now, now granted, that's me saying, they didn't say that. That's, that's what I put to I it. Like but, but, I like that. I like that. Bypass to run that, fast. Yeah, that's that transition, right? And so and it wasn't 
you know, that quick. I think what we expect is for people to tear that, you know, and, and I say this, my patients know I love them to life. Uh, they'll tear their body up for 50 years, come to for me and give me 50 days to fix it. I say that, 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 that don't work. It doesn't work that way. Right. So, so we have to allow time for those good behaviors to start to make those changes, uh, in those patients. So, man, uh, brother, look, that's why I love to do this show, man. I get, I, I just get to interview the dopest, <laughs> the dopest people. bypass to run fast. <laughs> so, and, and if we're thinking about living forever, right. And which is, at this point in time, unattainable, right? But living right. for a longer option, right? We know, and, and we know, if we, if we think about health disparities, right? We, we can get oh, into right. the that, right? And, and knowing that black men, at, at least when I was a professor and doing the work, still had the lowest life expectancy. Men That's had great. the men had the lowest life expectancy. And then you put you, you put men of color into that space and, then, and that life expectancy is even lower. But thinking about that, right? How we can mitigate some of those genetic and, Right, experiential factors and decision factors that we make by shifting to a more plant-based diet, right? And and you're saying the research out there, right? Thinking that you're moving blocked arteries, right? Blocked, Maybe. right? And what that does, right, to your body, right? To your that your body doesn't have, right? We understand this, and I, I I'm not the cardiologist, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but your heart, the blood is oxygenated, right? Yeah in the heart and then sent out to the body yes. right every with, with every beat every beat where there's the uptick that's bringing blood to the heart oxygenated mm -hmm. and then sent out right hey, hey 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 that phd works for something right there you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> works for something but like but what you said that, that is so interesting to me is that if 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 our blood volume is too thick right our body is work our body is actually working harder you got it. That's the, right. So think about this. We we want to be, we want our blood to be light, right? And one of the interesting things that I'm, I'm going to say here, because I can say this on my show, one of the interesting facts, and particularly for men that came out and of you game go, changers. I know what you're going to say. I know yeah, what you're going to say. <laughs> you go ahead. Saying? That's my right. entry point for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, ex go exactly. Ahead. Exactly. Is that, right, by moving to a more plant-based diet, gentlemen, and whoever you're, and whoever you're pleasuring, <laughs> Right. You have the ability to have a harder erection, right, to ma to maintain that erection for a longer period of time in the moment and for a longer period of time throughout life. But because you have more oxygenated blood and you have less thicker blood and your 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 masculinity needs to have thin blood. Right. 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 Yes. Right. To, to go about his business, to be able to enjoy the pleasure, to enjoy the fruits of whatever you're enjoying. Right. We're going exactly. to say that. So many people, when they hear that, are like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I'm not having seconds. I'm not having seconds. <laughs> that know. steak, that steak, mm, yeah. I have a portobello. I'll let me get that portobello. Let me get that portobello steak right Let me have a nice port and a portobello. No, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you mentioned because from that, that's oftentimes the entry point. So we actually came out, and I'll send you some of these articles if you like. So we actually please, please, we can ability. we can link them in the show notes, please. Right. So we um 
had the pleasure of doing another article uh, in conjunction with a few urologists where we talked about lifestyle strategies to reduce erectile dysfunction. Mm. And in that, we talk about the role of pistachios with natural nitrates, you know, celery and various natural nitrates. But when it came down to dietary changes, we talk about the reduction of saturated fat and decreasing the impact it has on these smaller blood vessels, which we know those are the ones that help you do what you want to do. Right. And so um, as that started to come out, we started to get you ready for this referrals from urologies for the 35 year old that was having performance issues. And when they would come to us, they would come in for a cardiac risk assessment. And interestingly, one of the first signs of vascular of peripheral vascular disease is erectile dysfunction. Mm. And so when we would screen those individuals, they had a 20 to 30% time higher likelihood of having coronary calcification, which is, think about calcification as your body, your body only has one mechanism to fix itself. And that is to create a scar, stabilize the scar and hope you keep it moving. Same thing happens in the heart. If the heart is damaged by glucose, sodium, pressure, whatever you want to think, again, it creates a little cut, the body says, I'm going to fix it. It brings in fibroblasts, brings in what we call metalloproteinases, these little cells that, that kind of help recruit other cells to stabilize that area. But then it lays down calcium. That process continues over and over again until you get rid of the exacerbating factor. And then when we screen them, we say, hey, you're 35. Unfortunately, you have heart disease. So now we have to treat you like you were 55. Wow. And so it, it's it's helping people to understand. And unfortunately, that process now is occurring earlier and earlier and earlier in life. We used this used to be something where. So and, and again, you may remember this where they used to call type two diabetes adult onset. Right. 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 Ready for this, the youngest person diagnosed with type two diabetes. You ready for their age? 18 months old. 18 months old. 18 months. Yeah, you thought I said 18 years. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, had old. to roll around in my brain for a second. Yeah, 18 months. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and again, that is a lifelong debilitating disease. Right. Now, they can change it, right? right? It's one of those things where, you know, again, strategies to reduce the intake of, you know, simple sugars, exercise. Now, granted, you say, well, how did a baby do that? But, uh, you know, and people say, that's the parents' fault. Well, unfortunately, the parents weren't taught to, right. you know, have certain behaviors. The baby's crying and they like Kool-Aid. I'm going to give them some Kool-Aid. The baby's mm-hmm. crying and they like Jolly Ranch. I'm going to give them, you know, and it's one of those things where I think as people learn more, as we get out, that's why I know that that my purpose, unfortunately, is as far as my arms can reach, I'm limited. And that's why, you know, platforms like you or or opportunities that I have to speak to other people about demystifying how complex cardiology is. At the end of the day, cardiology problems, it's almost like, you know, what I tell people with money problems. Money problems are the easiest problem to have. You either spend less or make more. Cardiology is the same way, right? It only can go wrong in three ways. Either it's an artery issue, a structural issue, or an electrical issue. And many of those issues we can not have if we change the behaviors that led to them in the first place. Mm. Yeah. Took us a while to get there. We changed the behaviors. We can, we can shift that around. So you've been talking about this. So we can, we, you've been talking, you've been talking about this, right? And you, you, the teaser, I'm like, wait a minute, this is my show, <laughs> <laughs> but the teaser, he teased us, right? So I, I think this is probably the best time to talk about this, right? Yes. You said people aren't taking their meds, right? Right. What right. do you mean by that? Right. They're not taking their meds. So, one of the things, and so as I've been on this journey, right, and I've been bringing people on the cardiology train, simplifying cardiology, loving it, talking to youth, but at the end of the day, I needed something that people could hold on to when I was gone, right? And so for me, because 
you know, I, I tell my patients as much as I'm your doctor, I'm somebody's patient too. Right. Yeah. They're telling me, hey, work on this, work on that. You need to do this. Did you check this out? Right. And so they would always say, well, did you take your meds? And they're like, and, and I'm a terrible patient, by the way. You know, I, I don't like taking my medicines. I go to my visits, maybe. And my doctor, I text them. But at the end of the day, I embraced and it's not new, but it's a, it's a new approach called lifestyle medicine. Have, are you familiar with that? No, go ahead. Tell me. All right. So lifestyle medicine has six pillars. And so for me, the way that I construct those pillars or destruct those pillars for my patients is to ask them, did you take your meds? So M-E-D-S-S-S. So the first M is mind-body wellness. And that's something that this show provides uh, leaps and bounds. One of, the, one of the complaints I have is that I'm having to find new ways home so my commute could be longer <laughs> so I can listen to a whole episode. So my wife is hating on the show right now. She, oh, I had to, it was a, she's, I'm, I'm looking at your Google. You going around, you're not coming straight, but mind, body, help, help, right? So that's that M, right? E, you know what E is. It's something that you do. I'm not to the Peloton exercise, stage yet. Exercise. exercise. You knew it, right? So, so E is that, that, that next one. D, diet and nutrition, right? And of course, I'm playing forward and we'll talk about that in a touch, but it's where I'd say, just just understand what you're eating. S, the first S, and you talked about this with your father and I applaud him for getting rid of that, is getting rid of risky substances, whether that be tobacco, vape, excess alcohol use, um, energy drinks, right? You know, whatever it is that you're putting in your body and you can't, I tell my patients, if you can't pronounce what's on the label, that means you probably need to put it down, right? If you got to Google what that is, don't eat it, right? If you Googling what is, if you're taking a screenshot, is, is it okay for me to take this? If you got to ask, that probably means it's not, right? Probably, so yeah. that's that first S, substances. The next S, you ready for this? This is one that you encouraged me to get uh, one of those rings that can kind of monitor my recovery, sleep mm. hygiene, right? Wow. We know that if you sleep less than six hours and greater than nine hours, your risk of coronary calcification and coronary disease increases, right? By about 20%. And so instructing my, and it's tough to hear this from a cardiologist because I don't have a whole lot of time. That's why I got to package it in meds, right? And so that said, sleep hygiene is one of the key things that we miss out on. And in individuals with hypertension, we know that 40% of those individuals have sleep disorder breathing to some degree. Mm -hmm. And then the last S is another mechanism that this show provides, and you ready for this one? Social connectedness. We know that these tasks are not easy. Right. And so that's why having a socially connected group, you talk about it when you talk about the cultish uh, attraction of Peloton. I'm not I can't sit on the seat. I got to figure something out. But everybody, my barber, he like, you know, Peloton. I said, come on, man, just cut, just cut my hair. No, no, you need to let me let me show you my stats. I'm not on there. I don't need to see your stats, man. Cut my hair. You know, shout, but, out, shout out to my black Peloton riders. <laughs> we he wrote it in. Right. But he's he's lost weight. He's got more energy. He's spinning around in the barbershop. It's OK. I didn't need all that. I just need you to cut. But it is just to see him grow and evolve through this community and the competition that occurs. And so when you look at meds, right, mind, body, wellness, exercise, diet, getting rid of risky substances, sleep, hygiene and social connectedness. That's a lot to unpack. So what I tell people is to pick two, pick the one you think will be your easiest. And the one that you think will be the most difficult. Mm. And then what we do is we pace ourselves over the next 
three weeks, right? 21 days. And we look at that. So most people will pick exercise and diet, exercise being the easiest, diet being the toughest. For diet, I use a strategy called SFCC, size, frequency, composition, and choice. Now, I wish I could package these in a nice book, but they are not. This is me just rolling <laughs> these can. out. You, that's so, the revolution. That's Okay, that's my revolution. I'm going to need yeah, one of the yeah. other revolutionaries to help me learn how to package it. But size really teaches people to understand the importance of portion size and how to adjust your plate based on that. So you hadn't heard me say plant-based or make that change anyway. It's just portion size. The next thing we talk about meal frequency, whether you do intermittent fasting, whether you do, you know, I'm only eating this, but I eat four times a day. It's understanding that meal frequency is directly proportional to cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So if you starve yourself and you don't do it in a way that is uh, productive, guess what? Your body produces a stress hormone because it thinks you're starving. And then what happens? It triggers other hormones to force you to overeat and you've defeated the purpose of kind of having that starvation mm-hmm. phase. So that's food frequency. Then we talk about uh, a composition and plate composition is where the, the traditional Southern diet or what we call standard American diet at SAD, right? SAD, half the plate is typically some meat with some gravy, something, right? It's some meat. A fourth of the plate is some starch with some gravy or something, right? And a fourth of a plate is a vegetable. All I ask my patients to do is to take a clockwise approach to that. Shift your vegetables to half of, of the plate, shift your meat to a fourth of your plate, and shift your starch to a fourth of the plate. And at that point, we've increased our intake mm-hmm. of fresh fruits yeah, and vegetables. Right. And then finally, we go to composition, right? No, we go to choice. I'm sorry. We go to choice. And choice is where we make the choice to instead of fry, we air fry. Instead of air fry, air we fry. maybe, you're right. So we, we, we work down that list of ways to make better choices and we choose, you ready? For, this is where it gets scary for, it got scary for my wife. I said, we got to change maybe some of the culinary choices that we have. How about we try some curry? How about how about we how about we learn to cook with some different seasonings? You know, how about we use, you know, some turmeric or some, you know, I use a little cinnamon in certain dishes to kind of, you know, help. Oregano is one of the most potent anti-inflammatory. So we learn right. to mix things up a little bit uh, in terms of that. And so usually by picking those two, I have patients follow up in about three months. And then over that time span, I say every week, every Monday, don't cook anything different. I just want you to type in your favorite meal, whatever that is and put vegetarian or vegan in front of it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of 12 weeks, they have 12 meals that are plant forward. Wow. Wow. Right, And then they have the ability to understand portion size. They know food frequency and they've done that all on their own. Wow. They didn't have to buy my cook. Not, but if people have cookbooks, I, I, that's we, fine. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. Right. Like but, there, there needs to be a Dr. Travis Batts cookbook. <laughs> Right. And, and that's how and that's how I structure it for them. And when people come back, it's interesting. And, and my patients reach out to me in all different kinds of ways. And they'll say, I, I didn't think it was this easy, because when you think about it, most times everyone has probably eight to 10 staple meals, if yeah, that ta- much. Taco Tuesday. And if, taco if, Tuesday. If, there you go. Right. There you go. <laughs> I know when I was growing up, we had fish on fish on Friday. Right. Oh, it's, it's so you know how to navigate that space. And so all I'm doing is giving them a different playlist. It's almost like, you know. We all like listening to the same music, but sometimes hearing that same song by a different artist with a little twang to it changes mm. how you feel and changes that emotion. The same thing occurs with what we eat. Yeah, no, but nobody else can sing Ribbon in the Sky. I'm sorry, Stevie. <laughs> Love you. No, nobody. <laughs> I got it. I'm, I'm yeah. tracking on that. I'm tracking on that. I, I would no, agree. Yeah. I would. It won't taste no. the same. How about that? No, yeah, 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 exactly. But no, I, I love that. One of the key things I want revolutionaries to, to really take away from that is that being able to go to Google, one of the one of the greatest greatest revolutions of our lives, right? 
and just say, look, I want, you know, I want um, my favorite recipe, but make, how do I make this from a vegetarian or, or vegan perspective? That's the thing. One of the hardest things for me is I've moved towards this plant forward lifestyle. And before I say this, define plant forward so everybody knows it. We know it plant based. That's total. But what is plant forward? Right. So plant forward means it's it's kind of that space that we talked about where my wife is. Right. So it is where, OK, I'm going to add more fresh fruits and vegetables, more, um, you know, kind of uh, how, how do I say this? Reduce your intake of processed foods, because I tell people you ready for this one. The absence of meat is not the presence of health. Mm. Right. There's a nice study that shows that if you eat an unhealthy plant based diet, your risk of cardiovascular disease over a three and five year period actually increases. And so I tell people, I say, if your substitution for meat is and I don't have any, you know, I have a cheap meal. I don't hate to say cheap meal, but I have a cheap meal every now and then while I might have a, a little bit of impossible or something like that. But for the most part, I'm eating real food that I've repurposed right. in my own hands. So I know mm. how much sodium, how much saturated fat, how much right. I know what I'm putting in it. But if that's the option, I would much rather you pick what I know you're getting. And we learn the portion size that we learn to prepare it. But that's why the SFCC program allows you to make that transition and plant forward just means that you're actively engaging to add more plants, more fresh fruits and vegetables to what you eat and reducing, again, the, those those processed foods, those simple sugars, those carbonated drinks, all those. I, I, I think or there was one show where you talked about one of your homeboys cracks open a Coke or something. And it makes that. Yeah. I, I, I won't say, say his name, Derek Greenfield. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you say, you, he says, ah, the sound of success. Yeah. You follow yeah. up with yeah. ah, the sound of dementia or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly the what I said. Yeah, ah, the sound. Of, <laughs> I guess I said, ah, the sound of cardiovascular disease. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. it's the thing because I love you, you know, G. I love you, D. You're my dude. You are yeah. my dude. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. No, I, it's I, just normalizing that. That's the thing. So I, I, yeah, I, I, yes, yes, yes. I hear that. And the point that I wanted to make before you eloquently describe that is that as we go out looking for how to move forward with this. The hardest part for me has been finding recipes, right, that I can go do and then creating them. And then they actually taste like, oh, this actually tastes good. And so one of the things about moving to a plant-based or plant-forward lifestyle is around the seasonings, right? right. You, you know, you, you're just not dropping salt and pepper on your plant-based lifestyle. Right. It is finding the right season. As, as, as uh, Dr. Bat said, humeric. Uh, turmeric, turmeric, <laughs> you you mix, but that's a nice mix. Cumin, cumin, and a turmeric blend. That's I see right, what you're doing. Right, right. You're making exactly. some garam masala. Yeah. I see, yeah. it. I see. Yeah. It. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but finding those seasonings that work for you. I, I just bought a, a green goddess blend from Trader Joe's okay. to try try something different as I as I make my um my plant based um my vegan chili with tofu and black beans and kidney beans mm. and corn with a little, you know, with a little red sauce. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm I ain't got the invite yet. That's what yeah, we're we going to make. We're going to make it happen. And, and one of the things that you said, as I bring it all full circle is being able to use the air fryer, man. I am loving, I bought my mother this air fryer, uh, Travis, a year ago. It sat on the counter, right. For a year. And people mm. know, right. You want to talk about revolutions. The air fryer is a revolution, right. And it seems like you can cook anything on um, 400 for 15 minutes and it's done. <laughs> <laughs> right. From Brussels sprouts to chicken wings. I don't understand. I, I don't understand what, but it works. Right. It, it, it works. Um, but that has helped me actually be able to meal prep a little more. I can cut up 
potatoes and air fry them. They come right. out beautiful. I can, you know, I can cut up Brussels sprouts and air fry them. I can put in a mixture of kale and Brussels sprouts, air fry them, crispy, mm -hmm. ready to go with a little drizzle, you know, so I, I, I'm coming along. Um, so, and the great thing you said, like there's so many vegan or plant-based, plant-forward recipes that are out there. You just have to have the courage that you're going to change. And it's not going to taste good the first thing. Our minds, and we think about the cognition of this, our minds are so used to meat. Right. That we, and the texture of those things, right? That's the, that's the thing. I want to give a shout out to the folks at Community Vegan in Austin. Right. I don't know if you, you've heard of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Community Vegan Austin. I was there for South by Southwest. I wanted some good vegan food. I went to see the the the, the family that owns Community Vegan. I had the 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 fried um, oyster mm -hmm. mushrooms. Oh, man. They call them their wangs. Mm -hmm. Wang, they wings. But they were so good. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I need to try this. You can you, look, mm -hmm. bread them up a little bit, throw them in the air fryer. You are golden. You, you, right. You're good. And so as, as you're thinking about this, right, because Dr. Bash has dropped so much information on, on this about just taking care of yourself, right? And thinking about if your your revolution is to live longer, to live stronger, to live smarter, this is one of the ways that you can do it. And my revolution this year, particularly in the last month, has been to shift my diet. Right. To shift how I eat, to shift how I think about diet. And and right, Dr. Batch, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of language. There's there's a lot of you know, chatter. Of, oh, you're vegan or oh, you're plant based or, or all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying this out right. because we know why. Look, I, look, I want to stay firmer. <laughs> longer. Right. Right. I, I'm just saying that's, that's the goal. You know, that's as, the goal. A, as, a, as a person who is 50 and holding. Right. That is still a part of who I am. <laughs> Right. I'm still out. Uh, I, I can't say that. I can't I, say I'm still out here in these streets. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you. I saw you held back. I can't say I'm still out here in these streets. However, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? However, when the, when the time comes, I want to make sure that I'm I'm longer, stronger. Right. For the time and all the facets of my life, as you know what I'm saying. Right. So being a plant based and, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to say I'm pretty vulnerable on the show, Doc. I've seen a difference in my body. I've seen a, a difference in my recovery. I've seen a difference in how my body reacts to training and endurance and all, all of that. And I've seen a difference in my body. Right. And so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so this is what I'm trying to actually articulate to you revolutionaries. There's an opportunity, not just for men, but everybody. The people that love us know that being a part of our lives is that we want you to come on the journey with us. Right. And thinking about that. Or so we want to come on the journey with you. How about that? And what that means is that we have to take care of ourselves. And I, what I don't want is a, you know, potentially is that someone has to take care of me, mm -hmm. you know, because we ultimately you, you, we think about this, Dr. Bats, that, that, that as we get into the twilight years of our life, do we want, and I, I say that, do we want the, do we want to have to take care of our partners? Right. We want to live a free, you know, life genetics and all those things will happen. But we want to share those spaces with our partners instead of being caregivers. And so what if we're working together so we can live those lives together for a longer period of time? So in our 70s and 80s and 90s that, you know, mm -hmm. we're laughing and eating and traveling and and when we want to, right? right. All, all of those things. And so I think that the information that you've given us, the 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 infectious 
nature of what you've given us today and what you're doing, right, is so paramount. It is so revolutionary because we need to hear that. We need to do that. We need to practice that. And to hear that from someone that looks like us, dear brother, is, an, look, is, the, is the revolution in itself. <laughs> so I want to say that I am I'm grateful. I also think that there's a part two to this. Okay. Right? I, um, I think that ready. there's a part because I think we didn't even get a chance to go into, right? Because I want to hear about Dr. Bats, the chef. Like, how do you even move through your day, right? Move through your day as a plant based, plant forward person. And what do you eat? How do you eat it? How do you cook it? All the things. So, I, I, I think, I not even think, I know there's a part two to this conversation. So, I want to thank you for your time, you know. Thank you for your, your infectious. Thank you for the 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 doctor bat side of this <laughs> and the Travis, right? So revolutionaries, I, I ask you to go to drtravisbats.com, if I'm correct, right? That's to correct. check out all of his work, right? And his euphemisms, right? And to see, <laughs> see what he's doing. And if you want to learn more about him, right? Contact him, right? It, it's there for speaking engagements, all the things that will allow him to tell his story. But I want to make sure that you listen to this journey. Right, that he's talked about about moving to a more plant-based lifestyle for cognitive and heart health, because ultimately, Doctor Bass doesn't want to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> that it's funny you say that, because my goal is to put part of what I do out of business. Right. I would much rather teach people how to live well, and I tell people the first step to you know the the first part of any journey is taking that first step. And when I, I have this uh, image up in my office when people come in, and it has the word change, but then right where the G is, if you turn it, it has a C. And what I say is the first part to making any change is taking a chance. It's taking right? a chance. Just take mm -hmm. a chance on something new. I said because you've been living. However, just like me, I was living one way the whole part of my life. And it was not until I started to change how I approach my mind, body, wellness, my exercise, because I always exercise my diet, my sleep. And, and that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I want to get the aura uh, ring to really look at how you talked about the ability to understand my recovery, to understand why did I respond that way in this meeting? You know, did I not get quality sleep? And, and those are the things that I think we're, we're missing when we look at this longevity piece. Um, but overall, you know, the question, last question, and I'm only, I told you, I can keep talking, you talk about heart health, but it's in regards to what you talked about, living a long time, right? And when I ask my patients, how do you want to live a long time? Yes. Do you want to live vicariously through those around you because you can't do, or do you want to be part of that group that you've spent your whole yeah. life creating? Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to start to make those changes right now. Yeah, no. Look, we have the, the, we have a people who do masterclass right on this show. The revolution is that the people that come on this show drop so much knowledge and so much information and so many strategies for us to live revolutionary lives. Dr. Travis Batts, like a revolutionary, like superheroic cardiologist right who's going to help us live a longer life thank you for being on the show with us thank you for being who you are in the world thank you for being my new friend for coming into the circle right my new dear brother and so i look forward to our relationship continuing on and thank you for putting out into the world a way for us to be better humans and i talk about our humanity that's what i want us to be better humans Revolution, as you know, you know how I'm going to end this. Always be able to answer what we think here is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Shout out to my folks, Sarah and Seiko, for making this, making this happen. For all those folks that make the What's Your Revolution show go, thank you so much. 
We'll see you next time. I love you. I love you. I love you. Peace, peace. changes.